tube feeding needs a rebrand. This is the problem. There are, as we've discussed, so many different people, all walks of life for all different reasons. And I'd say, I I don't know statistically, but I'd say most of the time, the reason your kid is running around looking great and they have a feeding tube is because of that feeding tube. Welcome to Raw the Podcast with Amy and Grecian, where we talk real and raw with mamas who have had to fight and be fierce, who have been thrown curveballs and faced adversity. We discuss everything from premature birth and NICU life, special needs and infant loss, to those everyday mum life struggles we all feel. Nothing is off topic. We hope that by opening up and being vulnerable, we can break down the walls and start to remove some of the shame and stigma associated with these traumatic experiences while helping other mamas feel less alone. I'm Amy, special needs and medical mama to Premier Boys James and Jack. I'm the founder of my own small business and support network, Miracle Mama, where I advocate fiercely for the infertility, Premier and special needs community. And I'm Grecian, mama of four girls, including two full-termers, Adeline and Macy, and a set of Premier twins, Hannah and Riley, born at 25 weeks. I'm an IVF warrior and am passionate about sharing the unfiltered ups and downs of motherhood. We don't share your average mama stories, and this isn't your average podcast. Raw is unrefined and breaks through the bullshit of navigating guilt, grief, and trauma. I mean, let's be honest, we've been through more shit than some could even imagine, so at this point we don't really have a filter. But with this being said, please note we do talk about sensitive topics in our episodes, which we know can be distressing. We give this warning simply to empower you, our audience, with the knowledge you need to make healthy decisions about how and if you should consume this podcast content. Please take care of yourselves and don't hesitate to ask for help if you need it. And lastly, let us assure you that it's not all bad and sad. It's a place to have real and raw conversations. Ask those questions that may be playing on your mind. And above all, we hope to shine a light on the life-changing perspective and appreciation that only these experiences can give you. We share the overwhelming joys and triumphs that our little miracles bring to our lives. And we discuss the inspiration and hope we have gained from this community. While our experiences are individually unique, We are forever a part of something truly special, a community of fierce mama bears and their cubs navigating the storm, and together we'll roar. Welcome back. It's another episode of Raw the Podcast in honour of Feeding Tube Awareness Week. This one is super fun. We sat down with two queens in the tubey space, Sarah Thomas from Wholesome Blends, who you heard from in the last episode, as well as Melanie Dimmitt, author of Tubey Magazine, The Blend. All of us are mamas to a tubey and have our own personal experiences and stories, which we chat through here. And let me just say, it's so freaking refreshing to be surrounded by people who can laugh at the same, not so average mama stuff that you don't read about in the baby books. (laughs) We spent the episode debunking some of the most common myths and misconceptions surrounding tube feeding, which included sharing some of our own stories and experiences. If you don't have or know a tubey, I highly encourage you to listen through this and learn something new. It's likely that your own children will go to school with a child with a feeding tube or a disability and we think it's so important and our responsibility as parents to teach them about and celebrate differences. So to start I quickly wanted to rattle off some tube feeding facts. So firstly the basics. Tube feeding also called enteral nutrition is a way to supply food and drink to the body in a different way when a person is unable to eat or drink or unable to eat or drink enough. 
There are many different types of feeding tubes and a doctor determines what type of tube is required based on a person's needs. We discuss the different types and reasons for tube feeding throughout the episode, but if you're a long-term listener, you'll already have heard us talk about Grecian's daughter Riley, who has a nasogastric tube, and my son Jack, who has a gastrostomy or a peg or a button. These are probably the most common ways of tube feeding that we see out in the public eye, but that's not at all exhaustive. If you take one thing from this episode, we want it to be that there's a vast range of conditions that necessitate a feeding tube, both short and long term, acute and chronic, and a lot of them aren't visible. So now for some stats surrounding this. A study in 2017 found that approximately 500,000 people in the United States receive nutrition through a feeding tube, with about 40% of those being children. Of course, I couldn't find an Australian statistic. And from the little research I did, I couldn't actually find many official stats, if I'm honest. Um, But the Feeding Tube Awareness Foundation estimates that approximately 20% of children under the age of 18 are tube fed. 20%. And there are more than 350 conditions that require children to need nutritional support through tube feeding. So this is what I mean when I say there are so many reasons for tube feeding and there are so many ways we can do it and it's just so important that we don't compare and that we don't assume and that we understand that every single tube feeding journey is different okay that's it from me because you're all about to learn a lot more in the episode and I just wanted to say if you are the parent of a tuber yourself grab a wine and enjoy this chat between friends this is going to fill your cup for the week enjoy Welcome, Sarah and Mel. Thank you for joining us. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Happy Feeding Tube Thank Awareness you so Week. Much. Yay. Yay. It's so cool. Something very special to all of us here. All which of is us. Exciting. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, a little bit of a disclaimer we will be discussing tube feeding here in terms of children with feeding tubes, as that's personally who we deal with and what mm-hmm. we experience ourselves on the daily. But obviously, people of any age can have a feeding tube. I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, but yeah, we're going to nut out some of the myths and misconceptions about tube feeding in mm-hmm. honor of Feeding Tube Awareness Week and, yeah, share some of our own personal stories and experiences. Yeah, let's get into it. All right, the first one we have is the misconception that all feeding tubes go into the stomach. So let's go throw it over to Mel. Your little boy has, his name's Arlo, he has a what's called a peg. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, it's a G-tube. Don't ask me to say what that is. Gastronomy, am I saying it right? Gastrostomy? Gastrostomy. Yeah, terrible. G-tube. And he has a um, low-profile balloon button Mickey variety. Mm -hmm. And I wish they'd shown us this before they permanently inserted it into his stomach because when you look at it, it's actually really cute and really clever. And all you can see on the top of his stomach, it looks like you have on a beach ball, the bit that you blow into. That's all it is. And you just attach an extension set to it and feed him. And it's this amazing thing that's held in place by a little balloon Mm -hmm. of water. So it's a very impressive piece of kit. That's what Arlo had. Cool little device. But when they decided he'd need to be tube fed, they were like, oh, put an NG in first, nasogastric tube. And we were like, hell no. We're mm-hmm. not transitioning until yeah. you put the G tube in because we'd seen those go in and out in hospital before. Yep. Yeah. And I'm like, God knows how many yep. times we're going to have to put him through that. So I'm like, nope, mm-hmm. you just get yep. us into surgery. And they got us in in two mm-hmm. weeks. 
amazingly. Wow, look at you go. So we didn't go so through that good. process because I just knew this was going to be shit. And I knew yeah. we were going to get the G tube. And yep. we were just yeah, ready for it long by term. that point. Yep. Yeah. And Grecian chatting yeah. with you, I love that you're mm-hmm. already there because I can understand as a parent being like, no, let's just avoid putting the hole in the no, stomach. But go for it. You get it. Yeah. That was me. Mm-hmm. That was me for a year. No, yeah, no, no, that was me as well. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I tried everything else to avoid, avoid it. it. Yeah. So I was the same. Yeah. And it's the best thing I it had is. I know. No regrets. Yeah. 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 I mean, a couple, no. but So, Sarah, your little boy, Lewis, also has. What, what yeah people call them a peg but this technical word is a gastrostomy which is also into the stomach riley has a nasogastric tube yeah. which is also into the stomach it just goes via the nose so it's mm-hmm. the more visible tape on the face tube yep. there are feeding tubes that actually go further down and terminate in the duodenum or the jejunum which are parts of the the bowel essentially mm-hmm. um so the type and the location depends on basically the condition and what the yep. doctors think will be best for the child. So not all of mm. them end up in the stomach. They can go further down. Feeding tubes that go through the nose can also go right into the bowel. Otherwise, they can be surgically placed into the, directly into the bowel as well. Mm-hmm. Sarah, why don't you tell us quickly a little bit? Well, obviously, we've had an episode with you earlier in the week, but for those that are just listening to this episode, can you tell us a little bit about Lewis and his peg? Well, Lewis is a identical twin. He is 14 years old. And when he was three, year old, three years old, he had a major cerebral hemorrhage and had a stroke, basically. So Lewis and his brother Cohen were born, you know, neurotypical, healthy, not a care in the world. I mean, twins mm-hmm. was hard enough, but mm. yeah. So, but we really couldn't complain with, you know, yeah. birth out of hospital, home, relatively textbook kind of stuff and so Lewis had a stroke when he was three Um, he was up one day and down the next and we spent spent about four or five weeks in hospital in ICU and HDU Mm. and then on the wards we stayed in Ronald McDonald house and then and he had the NG tube there because he couldn't eat or swallow his his muscles weren't working and then we had 11 weeks of intensive rehab in a a dedicated Mm. rehab center um, so we had to move out of home, separate mm. the two kids, separate my then husband and I, and we just had like just full on rehab. And so his stroke, I kind of say to people that he had, uh, he went from, you know, when we have a newborn and we go through all those steps of sitting up, mm. you know, building that muscle tone, walking around the couch, learning to walk, all of those things. Like Lewis went from zero to three and zero to six months. Yeah. You know, so yeah. he did it twice. So, yeah. so Lewis has a feeding tube now. We went through years of, um, uh, like Melanie just said, in the hospital and for a time at home, it, immediately post-stroke, we had the NG and we had all the pump and all of that type of thing. And then we had periods of on and off reoccurring um, malnutrition, dehydration he just he'd eat a grape for a week type of thing massive intensive therapy before we were told that our team told us we think he needs a feeding tube and you know in hindsight I wish they would told us that five uh, Mm -hmm. five years earlier but Mm. we did it so he's had that uh he has the same as what Arlo has and I think Jack Jack has as well is that right um the Mickey g-tube low profile button um and it was the best thing we ever did for yeah. not only Lewis but for the whole family. Yeah. Amen. Now I can't wait. <laughs> I bring it on. <laughs> yeah. Funny you say about like premature birth and him having a 
pretty smooth mm. like newborn delivery period it's that's mm. one of the myths we have written down mm. is that feeding tubes are for premature babies I think a lot of people associate feeding tubes for premature babies and premature yep. babies alone and they just need it for a short time and then and they that's it. have it out and go home um, yeah but obviously not the case no. can be for any age long term short term a lot of our listeners may have probably had their, their child had a feeding tube for an acute illness you know when they go in with viruses they often end up with a nasogastric tube mm-hmm. just to get them through that first little period of illness which was actually our experience with Jack His, our first experience we obviously was when he was born he was a premie but um we went home without the tube and then about oh, I reckon six weeks later we landed back in and he was too sick to feed so that's when his first tube was put down and it was in and out <laughs> for weeks and weeks until eventually it was permanent and then we yeah it took us about 18 months of using the nasogastric to move to the peg which I was yeah quite hesitant about for a long time but um same as same as you guys best thing best thing for him and for us and obviously there's a number of different types of nutrition that can be administered via a feeding tube as well so breast milk formula real food blends which we have just heard about with Sarah the expert at blends (laughs) Um, and some feeding tubes aren't even used for feeding, so they can be used for draining, for venting, for decompression, medications, fluids, all types of things. So Mel, do you, what do you use through Arlo's tube? And can you give us a little bit of a background on why Arlo has his tube? Yes, I can. For context, Arlo, my son, um, he's nearly seven. He has quadriplegic cerebral palsy. Uh, so he has quite a bit of issues. Um, uh, his uh, physical disability is quite profound, uh, which you sort of don't realise when they're a baby that this will impact mm. tongue and mouth. Like we never thought feeding would be yeah. an issue. But as the years went on, we were spoon feeding him purees. It looked like he was doing a good job. Mm-hmm. A bunch of feeding specialists thought he was doing a good job. But then a modified barium x-ray, um, modified barium swallow x-ray showed that he was silently aspirating on every single thing that was going in there. And that was just when he turned five yeah. that they were like, kneel by mouth, done. G tube in within two time. weeks. Mm-hmm. It happened very quickly, very and we were. Yeah, I'm just we, I'm yeah. sitting here like tearing up, like far out, mm-hmm. like if only they yeah found it earlier for you guys. Well, like. we were like we resisted it. We kind of knew because we knew other kids like Arlo with a similar mm. level of CP, and they were tube fed, and we were like, how are we getting away with this? But the, you know, Arlo was just smiling mm. and eating away. And yeah, yeah, just happy. Yeah, enjoy his food, and we love making it. Like we love making the purees. Like my partner Rowan took great pride in them. He even Aww. had a cookbook idea of hip hip puree. Oh, um, I love and that. Like, That's so cute. Oh, oh my gosh. Cute. Yeah, you can have it. You can, can have it. Can um, he keep yeah. going with that, please? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we were devastated when, you know, already Arlo uses a wheelchair. He's nonverbal. There are so mm-hmm. many things this kid can't do he smiles through it all we were like fuck man eating really like really take that away yeah um so we were devastated and then Arlo went from eating real food for breakfast lunch and tea to overnight tube in six bottles of synthetic commercial formula pumped or gravity Mm. tube fed in throughout the day it was the most drastic Mm. change Mm-hmm. and yeah. I don't know why they're still prescribing people this. Like they said at the time, oh, you can explore blended feeds, this new radical thing, um, once the formula is working, once the once it's settling, once yeah. he's good on the mm-hmm. formula, and only then. But Arlo was but just yeah, never going to be. going from real food to mm-hmm. totally. How is that? Yeah. yeah. 
and it was a sense. disaster. It did not sit with him. Did you notice him. a difference in him? Yeah. Shocking. Yeah. He was just disappearing wow. before. Yeah. I, he was vomiting so much. He oh. wasn't keeping it down. The reef, He was aspirating on the reflux. We yep. were in hospital like two, mm. three times in the space of two weeks. Wow. Um, it was so bad. And it ended up that we just had to be really brave because every time we went to our team, they're like, oh, sorry, you got to get the formula right. Let's slow down the pump even more. Yeah. Let's try this yep. other reflux drug. And nothing was working. And he just lost all his color. And it just oh. felt so medical. Like he was all connected up all the mm. time. And mm. tell you the truth, though, if it, if it had worked, I would have loved it. How convenient. Like just having yeah. these bottles. Yeah. And, you know, if it had worked, yeah. I would have totally gone that way. But it just wasn't. Um, and it took going on the two P's podcast, um, you know, 18 months ago and having a big whinge to them about how badly this was all going and their incredible audience just jumping on me and saying, get in touch with Sarah Thomas, the <laughs> high priestess of the blends. Oh, stop. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh there are all these, all these options, all these other things. And, you know, one beautiful parent, Erin, sending me a, mes- me a message saying, love Erin. Um, the, the um, formula is just not going to work for Arlo. I can tell. Just mm. blend up what he was eating before a little bit more and see what happens. And we did it. We did it too fast the first time and it came straight up. Oh, and dear. then we slowed it down. And it was from the almost the moment he was getting the real food back, real food. his sparkle started coming back and the vomiting stopped yeah. and it changed everything. And then I did get in touch with Sarah Thomas, who is now a dear friend who I get to see in Brisbane very soon, which I'm excited <laughs> about. And because of her, yeah. we're not having to start the blender up every day. I mean, mm-hmm. we do, we're back to our purees. We just do them a bit thinner. He's pretty much having what he had before with more calories rammed in. He goes to school with a wholesome blends pouch wow. every day. That's his lunch. Mm. So bloody easy. So good. Um, so that's what he's having. It's real stuff. It's cake. It was Odie's birthday on the weekend and he could join in with the cake. He always does. We just whack it in the blender with a bit of milk. Um, so That's all real amazing. food, so good. And he's, yeah. I he's do at remember. The table. Yeah. yeah, I remember um, yeah. a little while ago. Sorry, that Mel and I were on the phone once, and she was making lunches for Odie and getting the kids ready for school. And just there was an off-cuff comment of, "Oh God, I wish I could just put a pouch in Odie's lunchbox and send her to school as well." <laughs> so, <laughs> so much easier. Yeah. I was like, I can hundred percent relate to that. Having a child that yeah. eats and a child that yeah. doesn't eat. I know what you meant. Yes, of yeah. yeah. Like, I have to make a fucking sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 what the yeah. hell? Uh, <laughs> so yes, long-windedly, so that's what we feed Arlo, real food. And thanks to beautiful people like Sarah, we have incredible Amazing. easier ways of doing that. But we we blend every day. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. In tune with that. So different types of nutrition that can be administered. So for Jack, he just has water. So some kids don't need it to be calorie mm-hmm. dense or nutrition based. Mm-hmm. Um, his is purely for hydration. Just for hydration. Because of, yeah, because of his aspiration. So it's just unsafe for him to mm-hmm. drink orally. Um, he needs very thick fluids, which he just doesn't enjoy. So he doesn't drink much of them. So we have to replace the hydration via his tubes. So, yeah, this is such a huge range of reasons and ways that we tube feed. Yeah. So children with feeding tubes can't eat real food or by mouth, which often is translated by others into your child doesn't need a tube because they can eat or drink or because they're a good size or weight. Yeah, I think that's a very, that was one of the biggest um, frustrations, I think, from a lot of our listeners was that they get a lot of comments. They see Mm -hmm. a child eating orally and they go, well, they don't need the tube. Like Riley. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah, you can speak to that more than I can. Yeah. 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 Uh, Yeah. Go for uh, it. Look, no, you're at, it's, um, 
do you know it's almost kind of like that um not all disabilities are visible mm-hmm. right yeah. you know and 100% I don't think unless you're really living in the tube feeding world you really have a great um you know full picture of just what we've talked about now that there's so many different reasons for you know Jack mm. needing the water because of aspiration um Lewis is because his muscles aloe probably is a little bit the same as that as well um mm. my son Lewis can eat um he couldn't initially and he's had to go through intensive therapies to mm-hmm. get his muscle strength back but he can't eat everything and he doesn't eat enough mm. yeah. and it's yep. not consistent um for dinner tonight the boys had some pizza and he ate the pizza mm-hmm. but if I gave him pizza again this time next week, he'd turn his nose up at it. You know, so there's yeah. no consistency. Yep. He doesn't feel hunger pains. So it it is really hard because when you see your tube fed, you know, if you're out and or with friends or whatever and they know that you live this life and then your tube fed child eats, they're kind of like, what? what yeah, they second guess it. They're looking like, oh, what's going on? What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's, it's um, sorry, my series going nuts. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Siri's like, I want to join Siri. <laughs> yeah, Siri, come join us. Oh my God. Um, yeah, so that's really hard. And we we often, we really often avoid social situations when there's food. Mm. So, you know, when, mm. if we're invited out and things like that. But, yeah, that, um, some kids re- rely solely on that tube for all their nutrition yeah. and whatever yeah. that nutrition might be. Mm-hmm. Some of it for um, like water and medicines, like you said. Yeah. Some of it could be half and half and then yeah I I don't know I think it's safer to have the tube than not have the tube sometimes just Mm -hmm. in case because 100% I mean I don't know anybody who's who's got children that are completely predictable and do everything that they're asked to do mine certainly don't so (laughs) no 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 (laughs) until I have that full power over them (laughs) you know that tube's gonna stay yeah yeah I feel like that's exactly like Riley yeah people don't realize that we can adjust then what they have via the tube depending on what they eat as well so Mm -hmm. um some days I need to give Jack extra water because he hasn't drank you know what what he normally would orally um Mm -hmm. yeah so it just it's so different for for every single child even if their condition's the same the child and what they need via their tube is so can be so different different. yeah and I really love the midnight feeds you know, sneaking yeah. in when they're asleep at 10 o'clock or midnight or and giving them, you know, whatever because, you yeah. know, you work out how long it takes for that to digest and mm-hmm. how much their tummy can actually hold. And, you know, when you work that out, you can feed them, you know, you can sneak those calories in like you wouldn't believe. It's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yep. That's, yep. Riley's got the overnight feeds now, which we're yep. a bit hesitant to do. Um because she rolls and things like that a couple of times she's had the tube like around her neck and we've had to go in and like move it down so I'm very excited for that peg so it's not going to go up um I've got a good hack for that oh good please a good hack is a pool noodle oh cut it in half yeah yeah tube in Pool noodle. And then it's not going anywhere. Oh, okay, beautiful. Do you I'm know what? Go pool noodles are the solution for everything. I say for everything are. in the They really are. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm in like a Jayco camping group and pool noodles are everyone's solution <laughs> for anything. If you've got a leak, get a pool noodle. <laughs> if the yeah. canvas is touching the bed, get a pool noodle. If the kids are rolling out of bed, get a pool noodle. <laughs> I swear it's pool noodle. <laughs> Hilarious. I've got a pool noodle in my garage for my car bumper. There we go. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Hilarious. 
So in line, in line with this, people tend to think that tube feeding is only for people who are underweight or malnourished due to physically being unable to eat. So, yeah. Mm. So that's what thoughts we're on this one. Yeah, it's pretty much what we both what we've had just said. discussed. Yeah, but yeah. again, it's the same with Jack. He's such a chunky little dude. <laughs> again, people look at mm-hmm. him and go, "Oh, he doesn't need that because he's such a good size and such a good weight, and he's growing so well." Yeah. Or the fact that he can run and play, like you know, kids with tubes can't run or play or something. Like, it, yeah, it can be like I'll just list off some some conditions like you were saying Sarah um many of them aren't visible so I think that just adds to people's confusion like sometimes you need to just put a sticker on their forehead saying I yeah. can't swallow properly <laughs> but yeah. then they, they say I choke they, when I swallow but yeah a vast range of conditions so it can be anything from like reflux allergies low tone metabolic conditions bowel conditions structural or anatomical and an, an, anomalies I hate that word anomalies or abnormalities um, oral aversion is a big one which I think lends back mm-hmm. into the you know this is kind of a perfect segue into the next myth that um, this was another one of people's biggest frustrations that we came that came from one from our listeners is the oh uh, your child won't starve themselves no kid will starve themselves they'll eat if they're hungry God. can I laugh uh, I was gonna say <laughs> this is part of the oral aversion so lots of we see lots of, I'm a nurse, I see lots of babies come into hospital with the good old failure to thrive, which mm-hmm. um, another myth is that it's the parent's failure that their child isn't drinking or eating or putting yep. on weight or growing. But can you guys hear my chickens? No. <laughs> no. They're going chip, 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 chip. You have nine chickens now, That's don't my- you? I've got eight. I keep oh, eight. being distracted by them. Sorry, that's Amy. I've got like. two, and I'm so in love with them. I to- we could we could have a chicken. Yeah, you have to share the Jealous names of, of your chickens. Yeah. Share oh. what your chickens are called. I am blaming my children. Names? My chickens are called Nugget and Butter. Oh yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Disclaimer: the children called one of them Nugget, and then I may have called the second one Butter. So. Them. And they're so cute. You know, that's, quite, that's quite common. Yeah. I hear so many people go, oh, I called my chicken drumstick. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Pop, popcorn, I think, is next. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so good. Like I used to know a lamb called Rosemary. So you have a lamb called oh, Rosemary? No. no, I used to, I knew about a lamb called Rosemary oh. and I just freaking love it. Oh, my God, it's that's so, so cute. Sick. I've heard so of a lamb cute. called Chops. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, I get so easily distracted yeah so um yeah that they'll eat if they're hungry or even I've heard people say that oral aversion is made up it's not real (laughs) Grecian what are your thoughts on this (laughs) it's just a load of bull crap (laughs) oh my god Uh, yeah I'm just shaking my head because obviously Riley was admitted last year to hospital with severe dehydration, failure to thrive, severely malnourished, and they are no words a parent wants mm-hmm. to hear from the doctors, like at all. I I still hate those words because I feel like it was my fault, but obviously it wasn't. She had this underlying mm. dysphagia going on that she's aspirating on literally everything. So yes, they will starve themselves. She yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah exactly. So her yeah. aspirating made her not want to eat. And she did starve herself. 
And even now, if we didn't do her feeds, she just doesn't have that hunger cues like you were saying before. Like she just doesn't, Mm. she doesn't feel hungry. Yeah. Like, so yes, they will. Yeah. And it's through no fault of you because you obviously were concerned and it took, how long did it take for you pushing to, to get an answer? Too long. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, Riley's Two and a half years of saying. Mm. Yep. Riley's proof that they will. Yeah. They they will. They will starve themselves. And, yeah. and in certain, mm-hmm. obviously certain cases. In yeah. Lewis's situation as well, his eating was bad, his dysphagia, the muscle strength, all of that. Mm. But he was bad already. And then here is a beautiful yeah. conversation I had with his neuropsychologist when he was six years old, when he had been tested for ADHD and diagnosed with ADHD. And his neuro called me and he said, you know, you, you're going to have to consider putting him on meds for that. And I said, but he doesn't eat enough anyway like that's going to suppress his appetite and Mm. his neuropsych who is an amazing Mm -hmm. incredibly supportive wonderful man said to me Sarah you need to make the decision whether you want Lewis to learn or eat and I said you can't make me make that that's not fair yeah or if we put Um, him on the meds he was going to eat he wasn't going to eat even less less. right and we didn't have the and that's that's when you know we'd kind of had an okay run and then we put him on these ADHD meds and you know what? The week we put him on that, he was—he um, had repeated prep, and that was the week he learned his sight words. You know, so the meds did the right thing wow. for him. It was the right thing to do. Yeah. But then we were again, like you, Grisham, back in for malnutrition and um, dehydration, mm-hmm. and we were back and forth with the NG tube again, and that's and yeah. So we mm-hmm. we played that game for a couple of years before. So, it, you know, there's a variety of reasons, like you said, and sometimes your medication can really mess with yeah. your appetite too. Yes, very true. Yeah. Yeah. And I just wanted to put this little point that um, there's absolutely no reason to deny our children the, the nutrition that they need and that they deserve. So I think a lot of people are like, oh, just don't feed them and they'll eat eventually or, you know, don't put, don't give them a tube feed, they'll eat eventually. <laughs> but there's no way we're going to we're gonna do that. We're going to, you know deprive them of nutrition that they need to learn to grow to to thrive like yep psychological reasons for needing a feeding tube are just as valid as the physical reasons they're both essentially medical needs yeah yep so misconception that kids with feeding tubes are sick a lot so like the kids with feeding tubes are labeled fragile or sick or you're getting the comments what's wrong with him or are they dying how long have they yes. got? Yeah. Tube feeding needs a rebrand. This is the problem. Mm-hmm. There are, as we've discussed, mm-hmm. so many different people, all walks of life for all different reasons. And I'd say, I, I don't know statistically, but I'd say most of the time, the reason your kid is running around looking great and they have a feeding tube is because of that feeding tube. 100%. And 100%. people don't yep. get it. Yep. And there's yep. a big hospital in Sydney that I won't name that you walk into and the first thing you see is this kid with a feeding tube. And it's images like that that make people associate mm. feeding tubes with sickness and end of life and mm. Horror, and it needs a rebrand. Matt, there just needs to be more images of people who are actually um, living this lifestyle, you know, all over the yep. world and living yeah. happy, healthy lives. I, I mean, Arlo's Thriving maybe the tube. not a great example because he is sick a lot of the time, but the tube means he's sick less of the time. Yes. It's giving him a yeah, better yep. life. It's it's not taking anything away. Yeah. that's You've just summed it up, Mel. Although I've got to put my hand up and say with Lewis once, when he had just had his stroke and he had the feeding tube, 
we were out for a walk. Uh, we were in Auckland at the time and the hospital's very close to where the Prime Minister lived at the time and we were out for a walk and bumped into the Prime Minister. So I totally was like, come have a photo. Oh. Kid with the NG tube. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he did. And he stopped yeah. and had a photo. And Lewis <laughs> loves that photo. I was like, use it when you can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Perfect educational opportunity. <laughs> Absolutely. Now let's talk about medical funding, Prime Minister. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. While you're here. Yeah. <laughs> Who here has had what's wrong with them? Have we all heard that? Have we all been asked yeah, that? All, what's wrong all, with them? Yeah. 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 That was one of the first comments I got from for Jack and it was so blatantly like there was no hello, hi, you're cute. It was No. What's wrong with you? Straight him? into it. I was like, whoa very fresh may have had a few tears as I walked away but I, you know mm-hmm. and you think of all the comebacks after you've walked away I was like fucking nothing yeah what's wrong <laughs> yeah. with you yeah yeah what's wrong with your manners <laughs> um Mel I love your passion for this you advocate so fiercely for this and whenever I think of you I think of your just the the way you put you spin the tubey narrative and you make it such a positive and it is like it's the benefits of a child with a tube and many kids with feeding tubes are otherwise healthy um and like you said it's because of the tube like it literally it's their life it's their lifeline lifeline yeah 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 it is but we need to see that more don't we like there needs to be more more stories about that because even with us with Arlo when it was quite clear it was dangerous that he was eating the way he was we were still like this just feels like we're just keeping him alive and it's the end. Like it felt like the end yeah. seeing him all hooked up and yeah. when it wasn't, mm-hmm. it was the beginning yeah. of him being healthier and starting to put on weight. And I just think we need to see more stories of families and people who are actually doing this and living great lives. Yes. And you put a book together of families who are doing this and living great lives. And why don't you tell us about that? <laughs> the bland will issue yes. too is Sarah already has it because my printer's in Brisbane. I'm still waiting for mine to arrive. <gasps> Oh, did so, she see it before so, you? Sarah, maybe you can tell us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you got a copy there? <laughs> yeah. I've got, like, I've got the bloody proof here, which isn't the real thing. It is thing. amazing. Uh, but Sarah's got I, I live 10 minutes away from Mel's printer. <laughs> so you so went and got it. I, was, I think... <laughs> No, no, no. I think they delivered yeah. it to me. Sarah I think is one of my distributors. So the blend, yeah, <laughs> yeah. the blend is a yeah, lifestyle I, uh, magazine yeah. for tube, yeah. tube feeding people and families. It. And it's got mm. stories from yeah. families like us, also amazing individuals who tube feed and medical professionals in the space, dietitians, mm-hmm. um, gastroenterologists. So it's a big mishmash of loads of different people who are doing this thing their own way. It's got recipes in it as well. And while it's called the blend, it's not all about blends that's just showing people that there are loads of different options whether it's formula blends a Mm. mix of both it's what I wish I had at the start of this when we were told you will only have these six bottles of formula that's it I just wish we'd been able to see that there are so many other ways of doing this and getting it right for your family and it's beautiful a designer I used to work with at a magazine designed it for me and she's made it the vogue living of tube feeding like freaking stunning and thanks to photographers like chloe turner who were going around australia taking pictures of tubey families thanks to people like that like there's existing imagery out there um my cover star loretta harm she's a nil by mouth um foodie she lives in the uk and she is fed through her heart through tpn which i knew nothing about until i spoke to her and she's a chef and she can't eat a bite but she still 
is this incredible chef. Yeah. She cooks every day. She loves food. She enjoys food. And you'd never think in a million years that someone who never. couldn't eat was eating through their heart. I don't even know how that happens. Um, would be a chef, but she is. And I think she's such a great example of you can still do what you want, still love what you want, even if that's food and that's the thing that you can't, you know, consume mm. in the traditional way. Um, so anyway, that's what the blend is. Um, and issue two is out now when this episode Yay. drops and it's free to read and download online and it's distributed uh, for free with orders from a lot of beautiful Tubi brands, including Wholesome Blends, Tubi Fun, um, whole Entral as well, uh, the amazing Every Human adaptive oh, cool. um, fashion label is distributing with all of their orders this week yeah. as well. Um, Aussie Inc. Are distributing, you can get in touch with them and a bunch of therapy centres like NAPA, Therapies for Kids, Child First Therapy will have copies at their, yeah. um, in their waiting room. So it's getting yeah, out there absolutely. and it's exciting. I'm hoping this year it's going to go a bit more global. We've got more international so faces in there. So cool this year so hopefully it'll just keep getting bigger and better that's amazing and you should check out the back cover as well Sarah Sarah, you're gonna have to show us that because I haven't got the back cover here I saw her sneak peeks (laughs) hang on hang on on. on, on. oh there it is looking on the back of this issue Oh, yeah, I had to I had to tell a oh, fart joke to get that smile. Yeah, I was going to say, look at that smile. <laughs> <laughs> Teenage boys, far up. It doesn't take much. No. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's amazing, Mel. And I actually, I what I really love about this one this year is that you've got so many more adults in it, and it's just showing how normal this is, and I love it. So well done. I'm mm. so, so excited. Mm. Oh, thank you. Mm. I wanted to put an adult on the cover because it's much as, a, you know, we love a cute kid. With a, Who doesn't love a cute yeah. kid with a feeding yeah. tube? And I'm like, I want to show people this is not just, again, yeah. it's the showing the fuller picture. This is adults. Mm. For the next one, I need a, I, I think I need to broaden my age range a bit and have maybe some older people who are tube feeding. But anyway, I just want to keep getting more diverse stories in there as we go along but it's great it's got support from beautiful sponsors so I can bring it out annually now my designer's loving it um, we've got sort of a formula now and it's doing well so I think we're going to make it officially an annual thing Yay. which is very exciting Good. so exciting smashing it yeah so exciting and like oh just the yeah. you and yourself are raising so much awareness and putting it out there and like you said you, we need more people to see the fun and the mm-hmm. um the thriving and the happy life of tubies and you're doing that that's what you're doing with this magazine so well done and just all the cool accessories as well like stacy phillips yeah and the resources gorgeous Mm, yeah there's a directory section yeah there's tons it's got a huge like multi-billion dollar space like we are a big market it was only going to get better Mm -hmm. which is really exciting yeah all right, next misconception is that feeding tubes are permanent, especially the surgical tubes. But like we mentioned earlier, most children actually only need their tubes for a short while, especially nasogastric tubes. They're frequently used for short-term nutrition and hydration for people with acute illnesses in hospital. Some are intermittent, so meaning they have periods where they don't even, they don't rely on it and it comes out and then goes back in as required. And then others a bit like ours, rely on tubes long-term, which often then becomes a surgical device. But long-term doesn't always mean forever. So they look and sound permanent, surgical tubes, but they can actually be quite easily removed. Um, So the buttons, I 
didn't know this until like I'm a nurse and I didn't know this until I was told that when they remove a button it's literally deflating the balloon taking it out and leaving it literally just putting really just leaving a it bandage wow. over it yep and the body will just sometimes if it looks like it's yeah and sometimes if it looks like it's a bit gapy and like a lot of scar tissue and that it won't heal very well on its own they might just put one stitch or mm. a couple stitches in and that is amazing it. yeah so it's who knew and off they go literally on your way I see ya. <laughs> Um, yeah. And it's the same as changing. So the, the buttons have to be changed Well, they're meant to be changed every six months or when they're looking a bit grotty or the balloons, um, failing and same thing. They just, the child is, if they're happy enough, just lays there awake and they deflate the balloon, pull it out, put some lubricant on the new one and pop it back in and inflate the balloon it's insane. Like you look at this and it looks so scary and so mm-hmm. permanent and that's how quick and easy. I mean, it's not always, it's not always in Jack's case, <laughs> but yeah, you just, these are things people just don't realize. How have you guys gone with your button changes? Melanie? Sarah's a pro. Oh, look, I can do yeah. it. I, I don't, I absolutely hands up. Do not like don't doing like it. To, yeah. Um, <clears throat> But I do, and I am very confident and happy when I'm doing it with Lewis because I don't want him to know that I don't like doing it. Yeah, but, don't show um, he, doesn't, he doesn't really – yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when you're on a plane and you're like, yeah. no. But, yeah, yeah. And if, the, if you do that next to your kids, then they freak yeah. out and it's just worse. Yeah. So, um, he, look, he doesn't really like it, but he knows it needs to be done and we change ours every six-ish months. Yeah. Um, but I do have a horror story. My last button change with Lewis, it was about nine months and – I went to, uh, I quite often have filmed Lewis's button changes Mm -hmm. um, and and, admittedly they cost me about 30 bucks of a media fee from Lewis, but but I like to video them and put them online so people can see how easy it is. Like he lies on the couch, Mm. um, Cohen films it, I have everything ready and I'll do it. And the last time I went to change his button, I um, was talking through the process, got everything ready, went to take it out. Hadn't had a little practice run, of course. Went to take it out and it was stuck. And I was like, um, cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, uh, Lou. And he goes, oh. And I'm like, okay, I'm not touching yeah. that. I do not yeah. want this to be traumatic for you at all. Yeah. Like, I don't want any negative. So I rang mm-hmm. the hospital and I was like, um, have a bit of a problem. <laughs> so mm. I had a, a, a review coming up. We had our annual review coming up. So we had our whole pediatric rehab team there. And they said, oh, I see you're in for a button change. You want the, the stoma nurses to do it? And I said, yeah. Um, is that okay? And they're like, we thought you knew how to do a button change. And I said, no, it's stuck. And they're like, oh, okay. So they got like the team down and all of like all of the nurses, they all know me and they're like, you know how to change a button. And I'm like, I can't get this one out. I really need some help. And so they were amazing. But they like, oh, put them in on, a room. Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like, but it's you. And I'm like, oh, I don't get it yeah. right all the time. Okay. Seriously. I am not a, yeah. I'm not a doctor or a nurse. So, um, so well, they I had to put them in a um, experts. They just, yeah. Oh, yeah. What do I know? But yeah, so we need a little bit of laughing gas and a bit of Star Wars talk mm. and, you know, breathing Darth Vader through that. And yeah. one of the nurses <laughs> yanked it out and I was like, holy moly, there's no way I, I would have done that, that at home. Yeah, but one of my very that. amazing chubby mums was like, I have done that. And I was like, whoa, you're braver than me. So mm. yeah, we need, we need to not leave it nine months anymore. We've got to stick to that, you know, in between mm. three, four, five, six months, or like you said, if it bursts or, yeah, yeah. you know, you know, we're just ready. Yeah. Oh, noted. So I just did my first one by myself uh, under supervision oh, from the yeah. nurses. Yeah. 
I like we do it every six months as well and I've avoided it the first couple of times because I love my nurses and it's just an excuse to go in and see them as well because Ali loves all our nurse family but yeah we went in and I did it and I'm really proud of myself because I was quite I feel awful saying this but I was quite grossed out Mm -hmm. um, by the idea of the hole in the stomach but something I sort of have reflected on is you know I was like oh it's a hole in his stomach and food goes into it and it's like well what's your mouth yeah it's a hole in your body that food yeah. goes into. Like it's just a different yeah. way. And I did it so quickly that I didn't even see the hole. Like I just yeah. put it in like, oh, so, like did well the switch done. over really quickly. Yeah. And I think they want me to do it at home by myself, but I think I'm going to go in and do it under supervision Again. with the nurses every time. And they're very kind yeah. and we're in the yeah. original area. So it's not Sydney kids, me going in and taking someone else's like yeah. it's quiet as yeah. you. So I think, yeah, until I'm like Sarah level confident, yeah. I'm just going to go in and make sure. Sarah's I not confident. She wings it. <laughs> <laughs> and when she can't do it, she asks for help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like an earring though, isn't it? Really? It's like an earring. You put it in, you take it out. Really? It's, I'm not there yet. It's not yeah. like an earring for me yet. Okay. It's still <laughs> like really full on. <laughs> but I'm getting I got better. all this to look forward to. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> look, I don't think we should discount the fact that it is not a normal thing to do no. to put hmm. a bit of plastic balloon into your child's stomach through a hole. No. That's not no. – That's no. I, I haven't read that in any baby book. Yeah. Have you? No. Because, no. no. <laughs> yeah. Reprint. Yeah. Where was my education on this? All right, so another myth, feeding tubes are scary. Well, I don't think this is a myth. I think this is true. Um, They initially are quite scary. Like you were saying, Mel, you were shit scared and Mm. it's like this, like you said, it's like the end. And I think that's why I avoided it for so long, moving from a nasogastric to a um, button especially because it just seemed like it was such a permanent, lifelong, scary thing. Um, and yeah. all, I just kept saying, nope, let's try this instead. Nope, let's try this instead. Like I did everything to avoid it. But then like now looking back, um, it's, yeah, it's kind of the opposite. So I actually found this myth listed in an article online on kids, kidnurse.org by Tubi mum Danny. And I wanted to quote what she wrote because it's bloody perfect. So she said, I often hear people tell me it must be scary for you to see your child with the tube. It's actually not scary at all. Once we learned how to use it, we adapted quickly. It was much more scary to see how sick Mm. she was without it. And I think that is such a, yeah, perfect way to put it. Beautiful. Yeah, isn't it gorgeous? Like, Love it. Especially Jack. He was in hospital constantly. Like we were living in and out of hospital, so sick. And it was that was more scary than the tube, 100%. But I think also we don't, I don't think that we're told by anybody that it's not scary. Mm. I know when Lewis got his button mm. placed, it was all of this, when I, you know, all doctors and stoma nurses and gastroenterologists um, and, and all these very intelligent, respected people telling me how bad this is going to be and how life changes is going to be and how much of an inconvenience to order formula or order consumables and you're only allowed that so many of this and they, no one put a positive spin mm. on Lewis getting the wow. tube. Like, Mel, you mentioned before, I wish you would have seen a button before putting yeah. it in. I, No one showed us that either. And I actually rang the hospital and to, said to our stoma team, I want to bring Lewis in. And they said, well, he's not scheduled for an appointment. I said, 
I want to show mm. them what this, mm. what it is. And they, what's coming. And yeah. they took me into the room and they almost were like, we don't know why you're here. This isn't necessary. What? And I said, Lewis is getting this put in his stomach next week. I want to show him what it is. Mm. And we're really taught yeah. to educate our kids and give them experiences. Like, you know, when we were yeah. practicing x-rays, you know, let's go through yeah. the x-ray with your teddy bear yeah. and whatever. And I guess I've mm-hmm. always kind of done that. And so I took him in and showed him. And now, now through Wholesome Blends, I do a lot of the disability expos and that is the thing I am asked the most. Mm. Have, I, I always take some buttons with me because yep. that is the mm. thing I'm asked the most. The, the par- And I'm the one mm-hmm. showing these parents that are so scared because mm. their kids are on a surgery waiting list because yeah. they don't know what this yep. button is. Mm. And I show them how beautiful and easy it is. So, mm. I, you know, I think that oh, that narrative well needs to change with hospitals. Yeah. Is, is, it's every day. It's every day for them that, you know, we're in and out but this is life for us. So, mm. yeah, it's all familiarity, isn't it? Mm. And that's when I stopped being scared. It's once I got familiar with it. Just, I remember being very daunted at the start by how complicated it seemed the whole process mm-hmm. of putting the extension thing in, clamp it, bloody hell. I forgot to clamp and I'm yeah. like, I found that really hard. Oh, but I had to use two hands. Like, I was like, how are you doing that just with one hand in two seconds? And like, it took me ages to figure out how to put the extension set in without screwing it up and like all the knowing the right tubes. And like, it's a lot of kit. Mm. And that's really overwhelming and scary at the start. And I was like, I'm never going to get the hang of this. And now, honestly, muscle memory I don't even know I'm doing it and like Arlo has like a bunch of medications I'm like a chemist with my little mortar and pestle like doing it all and it just happens seamlessly I don't have to think about it and I can't believe like how capable I've become because at the start it was just like I'm never gonna do that and I it was more scared Mm -hmm. of me not being able to do it or screwing it up but I learned that you can screw it up we've made so many messes done so many things wrong it's been okay Um, and I've tried to make everyone else who feeds Arlo realize that it's okay as well. Yeah. And I mean, that'd be a point. Make sure you're not the only person who can That's feed your kid. That's a big valid point. Yeah. My yeah. gosh. At the moment, Justin and I are the only ones that can do Riley's feeds and it's mm. shit. Oh, yeah. no, He's you literally need. shit. Yeah. Teach family members, teach support yeah. workers. Well, everyone's teach. scared. That's the thing. They're scared. Yeah, They've like backed off. So like school today said all the, EA, all the EAs are learning. Yeah the teacher's learning, and even the principal was like, I'm going to learn. That's amazing and supportive. That's fantastic. Yeah. 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 So that made me feel really good. Yeah. It's the same at Arlo's school. They've been really embracing. I don't know some schools won't do blends. Sarah, they they love your pouches. Like they've been fully, (laughs) they're like, whatever you do, we'll do. And they've just, we've gone and taught them and they've learned and they've got their own process now. So, yeah, school's been great, like not an issue Mm. at all. But family members? definitely mm. been harder I, mm-hmm. I think the best thing we did was um get a disability support worker mm. and it's their mm-hmm. job to learn and they're paid to learn yeah. so yeah. they will yeah. yeah but we've had support that way but you cannot be the only person who knows yeah. how to do it that that's a scary thing mm-hmm. and it's so true about familiarity Mel like even like you were saying Sarah for the child as well like I think we forget the child in mm. in this situation like and I think that's why lots of our kids end up with medical trauma because we don't involve them in the process and we're not we're not great at explaining um like health professionals aren't great at explaining and talking to the child about what's coming and you know warming up warming them up to what they're about to experience and that was such a beautiful point Sarah about Mm. showing showing all of your families at the expo because it's exposure and it doesn't it the more you see something the less scary it becomes 
Absolutely. And I think also one other side of the doctors and nurses being quite strict and almost gruff about it is they don't do this every day. You know, they're taught about it in a book. Yeah. And so Mm. it probably does sound scary to them and that might rub off on when they're telling a parent. But, you know, maybe, and and, and I think that's Mm. why I love, you know, we have talks like this. Mm. We have, yeah, we have Feeding Tube Awareness Week. We have support groups. And look, I don't know about you, but I get so much from my parents and my supports and my families that are tube users. I get more information from them than anybody else yeah, now. Absolutely. So, so those are the people that I trust. Yeah. I listen to yeah. my community before I listen to the, the experts. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I shouldn't be saying that as a nurse. <laughs> That's a great podcast name. I listen to my community before I listen to my ex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she put ex- experts yeah. in air quotes Maybe as well. Maybe that'll, yeah, yeah. that'll be the title of this episode. Yeah, yeah perfect. <laughs> All right, so let's wrap it up with the last one. So feeding tubes are a burden or restrict what a child can do. So obviously we have touched on this a little bit already, um, but an important fact is for most people, long-term feeding tubes enhance quality of life, not distract from it. So with Riley's NG tube at the moment, one thing we have noticed, which may seem so small and so insignificant, is she's actually got hair growing where she's never had hair before. Mm. So she has a moustache growing like just the little blonde like hairs she has hairs on her legs she has hairs on her arms her head hair has actually grown so much since having the tube in so it just shows like she was not thriving before her body was putting Mm. all of its energy into literally just surviving and Mm. not doing those other things that your body needs to do so it's such a small thing but to us we're like we can't stick your tape down now Riley because you've got little hairs there like it's so exciting to see so it's definitely Mm. not restricting (laughs) Amy's laughing (laughs) no but it's so cute I'm trying not to cry because I can see you getting emotional yeah yeah it's it's just such but yeah, to some people it might seem so little, but it's definitely not restricting her. It is making her thrive and she has so much and energy you saw now. How much energy. And yeah, they are literally the energy, a lifesaver. Yeah. Yeah. The energy was the biggest one for Riley. Like even now, she like jumps around the house. She can do physio. She's improved like tenfold mm. compared to what she was before. She's put back on the weight she lost. She's actually gained weight from that point now, which is it was a hard oh I don't want to say it was a hard decision to make putting her on the tube it was scary to start with how we just said like you don't know anything about it we weren't taught anything Mm. we knew that prematurely she had the tube in and that's all we kind of were exposed to but it was the best and right decision so it doesn't change her um, or make her life any harder it's just giving her this whole new avenue to grow yeah I think the only restriction for us with the tube is like when he had a nasogastric was trying not to pull it out <laughs> and with the peg it's just trying not to bump it because he it can be a little mm. bit painful and he gets infections a lot. That is literally the only thing that it res- that's restrictive. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise we forget it's even there. Jack forgets it's even there. He still plays. He still rough and tumbles. He does what any other child would do he swims we go on holidays he goes on the trampoline Mm -hmm. we go on airplanes like it doesn't stop us from living our life it doesn't stop him from living his life and 
I kind of wanted to use this last point for us each to share something that we just absolutely love about our little tubies. Um, one of our favourite things, a story, anything that's, like you said, Mel, changes the narrative and paints a truer picture of tube feeding. Sarah, why don't you start? <laughs> uh, look, Lewis is... Um... Okay, Lewis, we're nearly finished. Oh, look, he's there. Babe, please. <laughs> I love nothing about you right oh, now. I'm a single <laughs> mum. <laughs> oh, what you are if you don't go to bed. Oh, my God. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. I love you too. Oh. So are you trying to say what do I like about my children? <laughs> oh, oh that kiss was pretty cute. He holds my hand. And oh. Lewis won't. Oh. Go and does. Yeah. <laughs> it's my last question. Lois is sitting here now watching. Oh, just as you have to talk about him. Yeah. <laughs> Pressure's on. <laughs> I know he's looking at me. Look, Lewis is, um, he is the comedian in our family. He is the one that keeps us on our toes. Mm-hmm. He comes out with the craziest, funniest things and the most incredible ideas. And um, his resilience and tenacity and perseverance blows me away. And you know, if I think I had to go through what Lewis has been through, there's no way I would have recovered the way he has recovered. He is just, mm-hmm. he's here for a reason. He is going to do something. It could be crazy, could be dangerous, but I don't know yet. <laughs> he he is going to make an impact and um, oh, I really feel sorry for whoever ends up getting together with or marrying or whatever he does, but goodness, they better drink drink a lot of wine. <laughs> But yeah, he is he is fun. He keeps our family oh, very that. entertained. Mm, yeah. Mm. All right, Mel shoot. All right. Something I love about Arlo. Yeah. There's there's lots. I mean I must say, I I don't I I hate to think where we would be without the tube because he's just come back, you know, bigger and better, quite literally. Like he's putting yeah. on weight. We plateaued for ages and I think I was kind of not being very honest with myself about how much water and food he was getting in. A lot of it was ending up on our bibs and um, it was a bit dangerous because that's how we'd give his medication and a lot of it was ending up on the bib and now it's just direct hit with everything and it's just been wonderful for him. But, oh, it's amazing. We're so lucky we get to be his parents. I mean, Mm. you know, I came into parenthood thinking that if a person couldn't walk and talk, they – I hate to say it now, but I I would have thought, well, what's the point? Mm. And he has just taught me that, like, you don't need, like, happiness and your worth is not based on ability at all. Mm. This kid is so smart. He's so funny. We have full conversations without saying a single word, like one glance, and I just know Mm. what he's thinking and often we're sharing a thought or a joke. Mm. And I just feel so lucky that I get to have this kid and get to hold his hand and he has taught me so much and he's beautiful he has so many people that think that they're his best friend he just has that effect on people and I I sort of don't tell you know people say oh I think we have a really special bond and I don't tell them that he has that with like a hundred people I don't want to make them feel not special but he just has this way of winning people over in about five seconds flat he's everything and we're yeah like I've already said three times, we're so lucky to be in his life. So beautiful. A lot of your words rang true for your book, the special book. I feel like 
what you just said then is a summary of your book. I'd love for you to share about your book as well while we've got you. Yeah, well, special is for parents who are right at the start of the disability journey with their child. I can't look at it now because we're we're so far from it, but I do yeah. know it's it's helping parents who are at that really raw stage where I was thinking disability was the worst thing in the world and that our lives were over. Um, I wrote it from that mindset, which you're not really meant to do. You're meant to write from your scars, not from your wounds, which is why I can't look at it. But I interviewed a whole ton of parents all over the world, raising kids with different disabilities and just said, help me, tell me this isn't what I think it is. Tell me what your coping strategies were. Um, tell me that there is a bright future ahead of us. And these parents just gave me all of that and so much more. So it's a companion for parents who might be too scared to even say the word disability in relation to their kids, because that's where I was back when I wrote that. Um, so yeah, that's special. And I'm so grateful that it's out in the world doing its thing. I just can't go anywhere near it. <laughs> that's interesting because I read it and I know so many of my community have read it and have really got a lot from it even further down the track. So I, yeah, I think, I think it's just reiterated everything that I had thought and felt and I guess made me feel less alone, which I think is all we really want to want to feel in this mm. in this space and mm -hmm. that's yeah. it it's 50 friends yeah yeah right off the bat it's 50 parents more than 50 I think they're all there all totally get what you're going through yeah. and at the start it can be hard to actually reach out and make those connections so it's what I needed at the start and that makes me so happy but it's yeah. like you say like do you guys listen to your podcast like I can't bear when you make something <laughs> it's very hard to <laughs> to yeah. consume it yourself yeah. so I think it's it's a part it's partly yeah. it's about to <laughs> All right, Grecian, do you want to say something about Riley? Yes. I feel like I can't go after you, Mel, now, though. That was just beautiful. Oh, love, I'm sure you can up it. No, I know. <laughs> I'm already talking about, yeah, it's been very, um, very moving. She is just this firecracker from day one since she was born so she has mm. taught me as well um so much and just given a whole new meaning to life like from the get-go when she pulled out her intubation tube on the way down to NICU at 500 grams like who does that yeah <laughs> like she is just got this drive and passion and strength that yeah she's taught me yeah so much I've just I've got no words like I just love her to be so yeah and we're very lucky to be her parents as well and obviously we're so f I feel like we're so fresh into this disability journey that I'm still learning and we're we're all still learning yeah all right I'll finish with little Jack mm -hmm. uh, he's just he has so much energy <laughs> I don't know I can't keep up um he doesn't stop he enters a room, you know he's there. He's loud, <laughs> he's passionate, he's strong-willed. He's just so much fun. And, like, he's very similar, Sarah, everything he's gone through and for him to still be that kid, that smiley, energetic, life of the party, I just I think he's amazing. And I think all of our kids are amazing mm -hmm. in that sense that yeah. they just, yeah. get up and keep going it's yeah it's really inspiring and yeah like you said it's it's easy to learn and change your perspective when you've got children like ours definitely yeah. that change of perspective all right thanks thank for you me Christian, it was really lovely to meet you you too thanks so much see ya thank you bye, bye.
I really wanted to finish this episode with a poem I wrote for Jack in 2020 called An Ode to My Tubey. My brave little boy, one day you will know that you were fed through a tube that it helped you to grow, but it didn't define you, it didn't make you any less. In fact, quite the opposite, it helped you be your best. With that pesky little tube, you were able to thrive, so happy, so bright, it helped you survive. It was a part of you, my boy, that I'll never forget, because despite your struggles, you charmed everyone you met. There's something to be said for your bravery, my dear. You've overcome so much in your short time here. You are absolutely perfect in every single way. You teach me to be fearless with every passing day. I want you to remember that you are brighter than the sun. You're a warrior, my boy. I love you, my darling one. We hope you had a lovely Feeding Tube Awareness Week. Thank you to everyone who reached out, who shared their stories, who posted on social media, who tagged us, everyone who has listened to our episodes in honour of Feeding Tube Awareness Week, anyone who has educated themselves in any way, even just liking, reading, sharing these posts and getting to know more about tube feeding. It is only going to grow. This space is only going to grow. And I think it is so important, as I said earlier, that we take on that responsibility to educate ourselves and future generations about something that is so normal and is going to be so prevalent throughout our community. So thank you once again. We will be back in your ears next week with a chat with Emma Bone, our OG podcast host. I won't give too much away, but um, it's definitely one that you'll all want to tune in for, especially if you've been here from the very beginning. Let me just say high risk pregnancy. I'll leave you with that. Thanks, guys. Bye.